Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Them cowards finally rank Kansas. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the host pleased with the outcome of the podcast, but not with their own performance. That's a very deep cut joke. And with me, as always, is AJ. UConn got a win. Marchese. Uh, are we breaking down your viral tweet the whole episode today, Rob? Well, that's why we're a day late. I've been uh, making the rounds. My, yeah, yeah. I've just I've been on multiple podcasts doing guest spots, breaking down the tweet, breaking down why I'm so funny and why that tweet was so good, and just the comedic genius it took to think of it on the spot like that. If you like that tweet, don't – I mean, I assume everyone that, like, you know, liked that tweet has listened to the previous 334 episodes of this podcast and have caught up. So welcome, new listeners. Um, <laughs> that's how that today, works. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who exploded, imploded, and eroded Ooh. during week five of college football. Let's Seven. 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 rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal? In the fifth, the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. A couple coaches let the funk out this past Saturday, ain't that right, AJ? You need something new, man. No, that's for all the new listeners. Oh, My right. viral tweet probably pulled in. They they probably you fucking losing. They're it. laughing. They're laughing hard right now. Oh, that's an e slapper. <laughs> uh, I tried to call my shot with Eli Drinkwitz, and he almost upset the number one team in the country. <laughs> so, um, but hey, the Pac-12 and Big Ten both fired some coaches. Uh, let's start in Boulder, where Colorado fired Carl Durrell, who probably had like one of the like least attention grabbing power five head coaching runs in recent history. Yeah. I feel like it was so unattention grabbing that we forgot that he existed. Uh, Hey, during the COVID year, remember <laughs> they were like going to win the PAC 12 championship. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I think he, he started four and oh, and then, uh, proceeded to go, uh, like four, Four and sixteen after that, because they only played like six games that year, right? Yeah, yeah. They they went four and two. Um, Jarek Broussard was the uh, Pac-12 yeah. Offensive Player of the Year, uh, who's now at Michigan State. Followed Mel Tucker. Uh, and, and remember the thing that I feel like when Darrell got hired at Colorado, people were a like, who is he? Because he was the Dolphins' wide receiver coach at the time. Um, B, no one, like, most of us were too young to know he had previously been the head coach at UCLA. Yeah. Like, 20 years ago. 
uh, and had a decent run there, um, but hadn't coached college football. Had, had spent one year in college football post being fired at UCLA in 2007. Um, and it was just such a – it all happened because Mel Tucker left for Michigan State after signing day. They tried, Colorado tried to get Eric Bieniemy. He said no. And then they like kind of panicked and hired Rell, and obviously it didn't work out. Um, it, I don't think Colorado's that great of a job. Some people seem to think it is just because like Boulder's a beautiful place. But Colorado hasn't – they've had, I think, two relevant years in our lifetime as college football fans. Um, that Mike McIntyre in 2016, and then one of the Dan Hawkins years. And outside of that, they've just been so irrelevant, both in the Big 12 and Pac-12. I think they should hire Sappho. <laughs> is he still in the Buccaneers practice squad? I hope so. <laughs> um, some of the names being floated for the Colorado job, Bronco Mendenhall, uh, who's out of coaching right <laughs> he's now. Up, he's up, who's for, just every up for every job. <laughs> Uh, every like non premier job, Bronco Mendenhall's name will pop up in the Power Five. Uh, Troy Calhoun at Air Force, Brian Harson at Auburn, Ricky Ronnie at Old Dominion, Ryan Walters at Illinois, Jeff Grimes at Baylor, and uh, obviously Eric Bieniemy, who's was an All American at Colorado and, and has had uh, two coaching since there. He's currently the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Um, who do you think they will hire, and who would you hire? Uh, go triple option. That's, this is my advice for all bad programs, just go triple option. But I will remind you, Troy Calhoun isn't married to the triple option. No, no. Previously. Oh, oh, okay. I'm not hiring him unless he's married to it. Okay, that's cool. I respect that. Um, Troy Calhoun's name seems to be popping up a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I don't know. Like, Okay, I, I don't know. Um. If Auburn fires Brian Harson, that makes sense. I I think it's he would love to have this job. Uh, I think I would be I I would seriously consider Ricky Ronnie, who uh, is from Colorado, I believe. He's had some pretty decent success at Old Dominion, mm-hmm. but I think it, the number one on my board would be Ryan Walters, with what he's done at Illinois with that defense, especially this year. Uh, what he did with Missouri's defense previously, uh, and he's an alum, and he's young. And I feel like it, Colorado just had such a dumb hire with Durrell, who was, like, both old, both the, had not <laughs> been in college football. Like, had not, so little that made sense, other than the fact that he had been in the Pac-12 before. I think you you reset with a guy like Ryan Walters, who's an up-and-comer. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I feel like none of those names are too, like, exciting. Um if Harson's fired, then bring him back to the you know, to the to the rocky region makes some sense. Um, no, I think I agree with I agree with you though. With Walters, um, I also just don't see the enemy ever taking this job. I don't think so either. It just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Like they'd have to really drop the bag, I think. Uh, which they didn't last time. Nope. Also, more shocking news. Yeah, Wisconsin, who speaking of Illinois, lost. Uh, Wisconsin lost to Illinois in a beating to former Wisconsin coach Brett Bielma this past weekend, and Paul Chris got fired. I don't think, I don't think anyone saw this coming. No, uh, Wisconsin's been kind of down the last two and a half years, but Chris also had four double-digit win seasons, uh, one in Orange Bowl, one a Cotton Bowl, lost a Rose Bowl, went sixty-seven and twenty-six as the head coach, was an alum. Uh, Bad year, but this I think everything had to do with they just didn't want to lose Jim Leonard, and they're like, why not now? Let's let's give him an audition. And I also kind of wonder, just with the start Marcus Freeman's had at Notre Dame, if they thought to themselves, let's give Jim Leonard an audition the the way Marcus Freeman didn't totally get one mm. at Notre Dame, and and then people are jumping down Marcus Freeman's throat early this year when Notre Dame struggled, which I think was predictable. Um, and, and so I, I wonder if it had a little bit to do with the pressure of losing Jim Leonard and knowing that just handing him the job at the end of the year would be a, a tougher move for the fan base. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I didn't thought about that. That makes sense. Um, I mean, it really didn't seem like Chris was going to get fired in, or you know, ever leave until he was ready to, right? Um, but no, I think that makes sense. I mean, because it's clearly Leonard's job as long as he can prove he's he's got it. 
Which I mean, I, I think I think he's going to. But no, I, I that that logic of you know Freeman, you know, getting th- like you know not getting that audition, but well, he did. He got the bowl game and, and lost, but um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's a good point. Um, so it, it it does feel like this, although it's technically an open job, and uh, they've hired Leonard only as the interim for now. Um, it feels like. He he basically have to lose every game not to have this job. I was about to I was about to ask you what do you think the the leash is. They also have like a pretty easy. They don't play another ranked team. Like there there's a scenario in which uh, what are they? They're two and three right now. I I feel like they could easily finish at least seven and five. The West is wide open. I mean, like do do you think the expectations is for Leonard to get them back in this or? I, I think the expectation is probably just have a winning record at the end of the year. It kind of it's kind of fucked that you know Wisconsin finally gets this big time quarterback recruit, and he he just stinks. Like you know what I mean? Like, uh. um, if it's not Leonard, though, some of the other names out there are Lance Leipold with Kansas, who is in every job. Everywhere. Yeah, uh, Matt Campbell with Iowa State, um, Jake Dickard with Washington State, and Sean Lewis with Kent State. And they all they all have uh, ties to the Midwest. Lewis seems to be the last name on every list, and he's a Wisconsin alum. Mm, yeah, right, right. I don't know if he's going to get any any of the the bigger Dick, gigs. Yeah, Dickard's from there and played at Wisconsin Stevens Point. Um, Love those Stevens Point well, teams. Lance Lance Leipold obviously won six D three natties with Wisconsin Whitewater yep. in the area. Uh, I think it's Jim Leonard. If if they could have. If it's not, and they could have their pick, I, I think um, Lance Leipold obviously agree. Yeah. How long until Paul Christ has a job somewhere else? How long until, uh, based off, based off Pat Narduzzi and Pitt losing to Georgia Tech this past week? How long until Paul Christ is back as head coach at Pittsburgh? <laughs> I was about to say every other coach that game fired from now on, Paul Christ is going to be the new Bronco Mendenhall. He'll, he'll be up for all yeah. the gigs. Uh, he'll have a job, I think. You got to think right away if he wants it. That is, but yeah. I yeah. think he'll he'll have a job in January at the latest. Um. All right. That's that's the coaching roundup because I'm just I'm obsessed with the carousel, AJ. And there's been but, so many firings. It's been entertaining. Yeah, I love when a man loses his job and has to move his family. Oh, poor millionaires. Do better if you don't want to get fired. School. They, they can Amen, finish out the brother. semester. Amen, brother. Do shut, shut up, Mark. Uh, uh, okay. To the meat of the show. College football week five superlatives. What did you think of the week? Um, That was so long ago. We're doing a Wednesday podcast. I don't remember. I'm ready for next week. Yeah. Uh, Thanks yeah, for listening. Uh, next week's already started. SMU's playing USF as we record. I, SMU's up country. So true. But should that count as last week? I don't know. I think it's a perfect Wednesday to do a Wednesday show because we're in this limbo of is this game next week or last week? All right. My my uh, my prospect of the week is Rasheed Rice for his current performance against <laughs> SMU. He has eight uh, – or against USF, he has eight catches in the first half. Wow. Uh, best freshman. Oh, I thought best we were going to talk about last week. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> best freshman. You said you already forgot. Yeah, right. I certainly did. I just remember best what freshman. I wrote down. This is talking. The superlatives is talking about last week. I don't. What, what more do you need? Best freshman. Uh, let's let's head on down uh, to the Southeastern Conference, where shockingly, Ole Miss's leading mm-hmm. rusher is not future top fifty pick mm-hmm. Zach Evans. Quinshawn Junkins has had a very strong year, and he carried the load against Kentucky in in the the win for the Rebs. Yeah, five eleven two twenty as a freshman, hundred yards on fifteen carries and a touchdown. He's a dude. He's got big time juice. He looks like he's, he might be the top back for twenty twenty five. Even though I don't know who else is in that class, but I'm going to say it now. But yeah, like Close I, shot. I Close saw shot. Nick's, not Nicholas Singleton. That's for sure. No, Junkins, come on. SEC speed versus Big Ten, come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, Junkins, Junkins looks legit. And that just like the fact that he's been like the lead guy in a couple of their games over Evans is is saying something. Yeah, he um, he's currently, I think, 12th in the country in rushing yards. He's a 
bit of a bruiser but with explosion yeah uh and it's been i think it's a good thing too if you're um zach evans because it it keeps you fresh as Mm -hmm. uh, and and he's obviously had injury concerns uh coming out from tcu but um it's such a sick two-headed monster those two uh i think they're both top 12 or something in 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 all-purpose yards in the sec um and yeah i mean junkins is the, on the big touchdown run in the first half, he's shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Like, he hits the hole hard with conviction. He's a fun one. And Lane Kiffin does such a good job utilizing when he – it doesn't matter what position his playmaker is. Once he has them, it, he, it's so true. he gets them touches. And he's doing that with Junkins and Zach Evans, and this was the Junkins game. There might be no one better at it, you know, because, like, every year it's someone new – and he's just so damn good at it, highlighting them. It's it's smart football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another best freshman I'll throw out there is, I thought Jalen Milrow did a really good job coming in for Alabama against Arkansas. He had the 77-yard rushing TD yeah. where I, it was just like jaw-dropping how athletic he was uh, and how he's doing that against an SEC defense. He kind of came in and he, he wasn't amazing or anything through the air. The touchdown run was electric, but he was just very steady, redshirt freshman, who uh, could be the next guy at Bama? And it sounds like Bryce Young's going to be okay, so that's good. Yeah, it's 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 kind of going to be interesting to see them go back to you know that run heavy quarterback. Where uh, I don't, it might be better for them, especially without the the receiver talent. Although Kobe Prantis looked pretty good for them, it looked fast as fuck. Um, another freshman, but yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, I'll give you another one from that from that Ole Miss game. How about for UK that uh, Barry on Brown? who's just a fucking menace as a kick returner. He could have had two touchdowns, but he lost his feet on both of them. But like 164 yards on three uh, kick returns. And then he got that like screen on the last drive, uh, broke a bunch of tackles, just looked dangerous in space, uh, 81 yards uh, on two grabs. He, he looked he looked pretty explosive. He looked pretty interesting. Um, I feel like they would have lost if they if they didn't have him. Um, and like, yeah, 6'1", 166, so like tallish and lean. I don't know. It seems like an interesting playmaker. Agreed. Do you have any other best freshmen? You want to get I, sophomores? I got one. Just one. I got to shout out. They're playing Michigan this week. He looks interesting. It wasn't like a big week or anything. It was just I, I would watch this Indiana game. So I want to shout out Jalen Lucas, who is tiny and fast. They list him like five nine one eighty five. He's like five five. There's a complete lie. Um, <laughs> he handles their kick return too. He had a thirty five yard like rush. Uh, and looked like really explosive on it. And now like I was reading Indiana as I do the Indiana papers. And uh, they're they're calling for more carries for Lucas. I wonder if it comes this week against Michigan. The hey Michigan, I think, is in the big noon game, despite uh, Kansas and TCU being at noon and, and FS one carrying it. So big noon yeah. does not care about the Big Twelve this year. It seems I I couldn't believe when I saw that FS one's doing TCU Kansas game game days there. I know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, best sophomore. I'm gonna go back to Alabama. Where I thought Dallas Turner looked like a mm-hmm. menace, unshockingly against Arkansas. Uh, big reason they were able to hold Rocket Sanders to just a measly like 101 yards, and, and kind of shut down KJ Jefferson a bit in the run game. He um, he was just felt like he was everywhere as a run defender. Yeah, Turner's so fucking good. I feel like because you know Will Anderson's still the star of the show. He hasn't gotten his his quite as due yet, you know. But I think that's gonna come next year. Yeah, like they're they're he he ended up with two and a half TFLs. Um, he just did such a good job corralling mm-hmm. KJ Jefferson in the open field, uh, and, and KJ Jefferson's not an easy quarterback to take down. Um, and just just another freak athlete, and, and he pushes the pocket too. He's a very yeah. good pass rusher, but it was really what he did as a run defender in this game that got me so excited. Um, I'm gonna do two guys that were in the big noon game, baby. Uh, Luke Lachey, the Iowa tight end, six six two fifty two. Kind of look like 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 he's the next Iowa tight end down the pike. Uh, good size, looks like a good athlete. Uh, was really like the only pass catcher getting anything going for Iowa for most of the game. Had 84 yards and, and a touchdown. Looked interesting. On the, I know on the flip side, also the, the the touchdown for Michigan. Donovan Edwards wasn't like a big time flashy game, but man, he's such a good pass catcher. Like the touchdown, like uh, JJ was just like scrambling and he improvised like finding the space in the end zone. 
uh, got there, you know, hauled it in. Was I almost dropped it, but doesn't matter. He hauled it in. <laughs> got got in the, got in the corner there. Just his pass catching ability, and like it's his first game back from injury now. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of fun seeing how like he, when he's the star of the show next year at Michigan. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the Alabama game where I thought J.C. Latham, uh, who mm-hmm. looks like War Turtle at uh, right tackle, <laughs> yeah. is just a mammoth. And I think that uh, that Alabama offensive line had some concerns late last year and, and and kind of a bit of a slow start this year but i think it's it really came together in this arkansas game and he's 6'6 326 he had the key block on uh, i think it was the prentice screen yeah. touchdown where he got out there he just moved so well in space space for such a massive man and was a big part of just mauling dudes in the run game I, i'm going to talk about another alabama offensive lineman later but uh, Latham looks like he he's that dude who's got next on on uh, when it comes to top fifty Bama offensive linemen. Yeah, no, he, he looked really good. And like the only thing for the Bama line was kind of like the the penalties that that kind of slowed down. Um, you know who looked good, and obviously he's he's a, he's a household name, Rob. But Cooley McKinstry kind of had his first like flashy game, I thought, for Bama. And it looked really good as a kick return. I'm like, they got they should have gotten the ball on offense. I felt like, but it looked pretty good like in coverage as well. I just I just want to show the Kool Aid man. Yeah, yeah, he had a, a big PBU in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a good return man too. He is a good return. Um, man. Shall we move to weekday Warriors? Let's let's do it. We had we had a nice little uh, slate of weekday games this week. That's how you know the college football season's really we're really in it now. Um, Especially when we we start getting those Sun Belt Wednesday games, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and the action Tuesdays in November. Um, but right now it's like the AAC and the ACC. And hey, guess what? The Pac-12 played on Friday night. Um, and not only do I think Jake Bobo should be the number one <laughs> yes. weekday warrior, but Jake Bobo is going to be on our graphic this week for stock up. Yes. Because Jake Bobo is a player we both really thought over yes. the summer was interesting. Uh, obviously, was at Duke, um, just because it, surprisingly fluid route runner. I couldn't six five wide receiver. Believe it when I threw on the tape. Yes, and, and, and a guy who blocked his ass off. And we're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's see what happens when he gets to UCLA. Well, turns out he is one of the best wide receivers in the country right now. And him and DTR seem to have a special connection. He had six for 142, two scores against Washington, um, who is they, – they took down to remain undefeated. Uh, obviously, Washington was ranked. Um, and it just – I don't know. It was like kind of the same thing we'd previously seen. Shockingly smooth route runner knows how to set up his routes well. Yeah. Uh, the one touchdown was just like on a little post where he got the corner to flip his hips the wrong way. It went set him inside up. leverage. Yeah. Yeah. He just like he stems his routes really well, um, and that it was kind of just all night they couldn't the and now the Washington defense is young and bad, but uh, all night they just couldn't kind of handle his his clean routes. Yeah, man. Bobo's clearly the weekday warrior. I mean. We're all aboard the Bobo hype train. It's gonna build. I mean, I mean, there's talks maybe you know adding some weight and using him as a move tight end too. But either way, he's he's legit outside, and the way he runs route at that size is a, is a fucking weapon, especially in the red zone. Um, especially when DT, the, DTR is stepping up too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's dangerous. And on that, and on that second touchdown too, it was like the what was it like a deep out or something? Um, and he just kind of caught the ball on the sideline, broke a couple tackles, and scored. Like, he just looked like the best player on the field. I love it. I love it. And a shout-out DTR, too, who... Yeah, who, for sure. Who Who is clearly... Like, I don't think he's some great NFL prospect or anything, but he's clearly leveled up. UCLA's ranked down. They have a big game against Utah this weekend. Um, but DTR played a really clean game. He did. He's he's looked good. I mean, yeah, he's finally... Like you said, he's finally taking that step, it feels like. And, uh, hey, maybe maybe he'll have them in the championship game. I'm also going to shout out two BYU players because I watched BYU play Utah State. Uh, Jaron Hall, once again, just especially in a, a quarterback class where the senior quarterbacks in particular struggled, mm-hmm. Jaron Hall, I think, uh, done a ton for himself, and he looked good again against Utah State. Ball just jumps out of his hand. And uh, BYU linebacker Max Tooley, who's like 215 pounds and just reminds me of every – Daniel Sorensen, Zane Anderson that we've ever had at BYU. 
Um, he had a pick six plus a sack. He he was all over the field. Did, didn't he? Wasn't he the one who threw the shoe too? Yeah, he's doing it all. That's a, that's a that's a it's a hat trick in my opinion. He's gonna be a chief one day. <laughs> I miss Daniel Sorensen. <laughs> yeah, but you got Zane now. It's true. Torch has been passed. Um, best offensive prospect. I uh, I'm going back to Bama. I I think I got to give it to Jameer Gibbs, Rob. It was um, the Jameer Gibbs game, wasn't it? It was the Gibbs game, man. Like, just those two huge touchdown runs. When when Arky was legit in this football game, and, and Gibbs, per his touchdown celebration, put him to bed. Um, just, like, obviously he's been so dynamic in the passing game uh, all year, especially in that Texas game. But th- not only was this his first 100-yard game, uh, like, like, sorry, not only was this a 200-yard game, it was his first 100-yard rushing game. And like, yeah, I just... They, yeah, cause- they, they haven't needed him to carry the nope. load as a, a runner. Like you said, it, it's been – what he's done for this offense is come to the passing game because of the lack of talent at, or lack of proven talent at receiver right now. And obviously Bryce Young goes out and they needed him to carry the load and he did that. Yeah. yeah, like he's had that Alvin Kamara, you know, receiving performance and is with the rushing performance for 206, 18 carries, two touchdowns, uh, a couple catches for 20 yards too. Um, Both touchdowns were like seventy yards yeah. too. Explosive. I don't was he. I don't think he was touched on either of them. Just fucking. So the, the hole was there and it's just gone. The first. The first one was like, um, uh, an outside zone run. Yep. Uh, and he, he he was like so patient, waited for that cutback lean, uh, to appear and, and just hit it like hell. Yeah. And he was off to the races. Yes, untouched. Um. And then the second, the second one was kind of uh, not not blocked up quite as well. Um, but as soon as the, a crease appeared, he just got north south so quick. He he kind of broke one shitty arm tackle and again was off to the races. But I thought that the two runs are interesting because one showed his patience and vision, and the other showed. How how hard he can hit a hole as soon as it appears and how, how yeah. quickly he'll get north south and this is for a, a like about a two hundred pound back with burning speed he's just he's so much more than just a, a satellite type of back right not absolutely and I, not that I ever doubted that he was more you know of, of course he's more than the satellite back not that I doubted that they were gonna eventually get him going in the running game like this but this was a big game for his stock you know just like I think this is the game where. You know, we know he's a great pass catcher. That's what sets him apart. But when scouts go back to see if he can be, you know, like an RB1 or whatever the fuck they, they, they care about in the NFL nowadays, um, this could be the, the tape you throw on. When he said, like you said, Young was out and they needed him. It was, it was, yeah. I I, mean, I was so excited to see that. It was against an Arkansas. Like, now the Arkansas back end's not good, but the front seven's mm-hmm. got talent. Like, there's mm-hmm. an NFL talent in the Arkansas front seven. Their offensive line played really well as well, but. Um, who's your best defensive prospect? I kind of cheated here, but uh, who'd you go with? Then I want to hear you cheat. I I put the Clemson D line versus NC State. It's a good one. The three headed monster Brian Brzee was out again. Um, yeah, but the three headed monster of Miles Murphy, Tyler Davis, and KJ Henry. They just that NC State offense couldn't really get much going. Uh, Devin Leary was just under fire all day long. Yeah. Miles Murphy, I thought, was the best of the bunch. Just pure power, throwing the left tackle repeatedly. Um, Felt like his best and, game so far to to this point of the season, right? Yeah, and like uh, it, it felt like every time one of them would make a play, like someone else would also be making the play. There was one play where Miles Murphy threw the left tackle, and KJ Henry won inside, and as Murphy obliterated Leary, uh, Henry uh, batted the ball at the line, and then. There was another one where uh, uh, KJ Henry kind of um, – uh, he was winning on one side. Miles Murphy was winning on the other side, and they just kind of forced it up into Tyler Davis. Um, the three of them are awesome. And Miles Murphy was showing power all game. I think KJ Henry just looks like another player this year. He looks so much totally. twitchier to me yeah. on top of the, the hand usage. And then Tyler Davis is – has been one of the best defense tackles in the country. He's coming off that Wake Forest game where he's a dominant force. Totally. I mean, I, I, Henry's like, and from the first snap, he just looks so much more explosive. Uh, all three of them were fucking monsters. I'll go. I'll go with a one-man show performance. I didn't watch this game live, but I went back to the tape after I saw that Clark Phillips had three picks. <laughs> so, so I want to throw this game on against Oregon State. 
Uh, it was like literally the second snap of the game. His first interception came on. Um, just like a little comeback of the sticks. The wide receiver was like, you know, towards the sideline. The ball was like a bit of a duck, but like it was solidly placed high and outside. Phillips just jumps it, rips it out of the wide receiver's hands. Just big dog shit. Uh, it returned it a little bit and got tackled. That was awesome. Uh, the second pick, he was like an off man, which is like a 10 yard art, a 10 yard out. Like again, like Phillips just like jumped it perfectly. Uh, read it so well, made it look so easy. Just like that speed and fluidity to close on the ball was effortless. And then he houses it. Uh, four six. That was a fucking monster play, and the, the game was close when he was doing all this stuff. It, they, Utah didn't pull away until like late in the third. Um, but they're, they're like they're, he was playing a lot inside, but also outside. They split it pretty, pretty even. It felt like um, got called for like one pi, but it was like it was soft. Um, so also like just solid tackling. Uh, the couple catches he did give up just like quickly getting the guy on the ground, and then his third interception was later into the fourth. Uh, in the, on the goal line, lined up like off on the slot. Uh, the slot ran the corner, and like Phillips was just like all over it, just just <laughs> like 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 he was the receiver. Just got there, got up for the ball, uh, good hands, picked it off in the end zone, pretty easy. Uh, it was a hell of a fucking defor- performance. It was it was pretty 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 like just like fuck it. It's just again like Phillips is a fucking dude. It just it just solidified it. Big Utah win too, because yeah, Oregon State's legit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and, and now Utah's going into UCLA. Kind mm-hmm. of feels like Utah last year, where they slow start, and then they end up playing in the Rose Bowl, and that's kind of again Utah's slow start. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Clark Phillips, corner two, uh, shooting up the board. I gotta give a shout out to my my guy, Zay fucking Flowers, baby. He's he's turned it on this year. I mean, I, I love hey, it because like. Your guy, I, I mean, one of us had him higher in the rankings. I know, I know. It's, it's. I look silly because, like, I felt like he took a step back last year, along with the rest of the whole program. But, but, but this year he's 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 not only back to what he looked like his sophomore season, but he's taking another step. Um, like you saw the speed, the the deep ability, uh, the quickness, all on display on Saturday. He had had 151 yards on five catches, a touchdown, and a couple rushes for 22 yards too. Um, his touchdown catch was awesome. Just like on the deep post, just great, great hands to keep his concentration in the traffic. And then like, I don't know, just like effortlessly to finish too. It's like, it's like there's no defender in his way. Um, like if he keeps showing what he did on Saturday, like he's going to be a day two pick for a team that like, that needs that, like, you know, deep speed and someone to come win like vertically. Um, I just want to throw out the, the thought that, Hey, uh, We've had underweight receivers drafted in the first round in the last two years. Devonta Smith, Jahan Dotson. I'm not saying Zay Flowers is there, but clearly the NFL makes exceptions to, to weight when you're a baller. Yeah, and Hollywood if you want to go back a couple years. Um, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to go with a, a guy I quite liked over the summer um, who transferred from Central Michigan to Ole Miss. I thought Troy Brown was everywhere on the field against Kentucky. Yeah, he was. That Ole Miss defense played quite well uh, against Kentucky, and, and I thought Troy Brown was the best of the bunch. Kind of sideline to sideline. Chris Rodriguez was back in the game for Kentucky as well. Um, so two-headed monster of him and Smoke. Uh, he was he was creating havoc as a blitzer too, kind of getting on Will Levis's ass who didn't handle pressure all that well in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a big PBU as well. Um, he's it's It's a linebacker class that I think – is going to be really interesting how it stacks up when we when we get to April. Yeah. Just because there's been so many names, there's so many different flavors, uh, and I, I was just excited to see a former action star have a big game in the SEC battle. Well, I mean, he wasn't my next shooting up the boards, but I thought D. Winters was fucking pretty awesome for TCU. I, I, uh, yeah, he was. He he was another. Guy. He was blitzing like yeah. a madman. He's a one missile. of the best blitzers in the country, though. Period. I think for any position. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. Like two sacks. When they send him, he, he gets home. He's he's electric. I mean, like yeah, like like that's why I just wanted to mention him here because you you were just talking about Brown. I mean, Winters. I mean, well, I think we both liked him a lot in the summer. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, you were gonna say something. I, I was just gonna say the TCU defense as a whole played really well they, against Oklahoma. Big time. Yeah. He, he was the star of the show, and I just want to say another guy we liked over the summer, Trevius Trevius Hodges Tomlinson had a really good game and handled mm-hmm. that RPO game really well. And I thought uh, he he had two PBUs and. I thought he did such a good job uh, just showing off that quick twitch uh, athleticism and the ball skills to locate and disrupt the catch point. 
uh, in an instant on those quick RPOs because the, the, it's just such a, it's so hard to defend those. Uh, fire Brent Venables. Fire Brent Venables. Hey, is there <laughs> coach defense is not doing a very good job. No, he's not. Though I mean, a little bit more on that later. Uh, not really too much though. My my second guy though after Zay, uh, your favorite Michigan player, Rob, Mike Morris, who. He's good. He's Let's good. Watch him. He's good. He's 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 a big, big man. They got him like six six two ninety. Uh a really good athlete for that size. Uh, he's gonna be a big time riser. Another another like really big game, but like he just became a monster when Michigan needed him most, like late in the game. Uh two sacks, both in huge, huge spots and in, in the fourth quarter. Um and then like right after his second sack, he had another huge hit on Petrus. Um uh, another pressure like, like he just he just like flipped a switch and was like when when Iowa started to actually have to pass like you know throw the ball, he just flipped a switch and was a fucking animal. Uh, got banged up a bit, but he looked he looked okay on the on his late on his last pressure. But yeah, Mike Mike Morris is is a monster. Um, he, All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, you're pumping the tires on a Michigan man. I'll pump the tires on a Buckeye. I know my Buckeyes played Rutgers this week, but uh. We we have to mention Mayan Williams. I mentioned him last week too, but Mayan Williams is fucking good, man. Ran for one hundred eighty nine and five touchdowns. They could not handle his size, um, and he had a seventy yard touchdown where you saw some long speed that I don't think you'd expect out of a, a back that's five nine two twenty five, and the power he showcased I thought was pretty like uns- unsurprising. Um, just given that build, but I, I thought the the kind of the juice and he he's he's taking it up a notch this year and big time with trivia and Henderson banged up, they've been able to lean on Mayan Williams, who is currently averaging seven point eight yards per carry, which is the most in the country by any running back uh, with more than sixty carries. Mayan Williams has always been good. He's just like been in Henderson's shadow, and you know what I mean. Like he's, I feel kind of. Bavron, but like now, like he's just said, he's he's going to be the star. Um, okay, you, I I I pumped up Michigan. You went Ohio State, so I'll, I'll come back and be and be the honorable one and go with an ex-Michigan player and, and Zach Charbonnet Charbonnet Friday night. Who I feel like he's kind of like suffering from that like East Coast bias a bit. Like like he's on a team where like even their own fans don't watch them play, but he's so fucking good. Like he had 124 yards on 22 carries, touchdown. But like I, I thought like. He looked pretty good in the passing game at three catches, he catches 56 the yards. Ball well, for a bigger back. Very much so. And I think that's what like really like was apparent in this game. Hands looked clean, showed that. Um, and then when he was in the open field, he's finding space and making guys miss. And then, you know, when he's just getting the ball out of the backfield, he, he's a fucking load. And when he gets ahead of steam going, he's, he's hard to bring down. Um, if, if you say he keeps winning, Charbonnet's going to keep like. Like, I'm not saying his stock is like, you know, overshadowed, but like, I just feel like he doesn't get the respect that he's due. Well, he's got a big chance to show to earn that respect this weekend. No one's watching this game this weekend. Uh, um, and I'm going to throw one more out there. I thought Jared Versus return for FSU. I know they lost a yeah. week. But he had some impressive uh, plays in that game. He's kind of on a bit of a pitch count, I think. Um, but he showed some nasty power at times and uh, had a couple TFLs as well. It was just nice to see him back in business. Uh, I'll give you another back in business guy. I, I, just quick ones. A.T. Perry was, was back for a week, I thought. Had almost 100 yards, eight catches, a touchdown. Pretty solid game. Solid, solid game was the kind of the go-to guy. Um, and just I know it's Michigan again, but he's your guy. It's Luke Schoomaker. He just yeah, keeps looking every, good. Every, uh, I was going to bring him up later uh, sorry, sorry, in sorry. the context of a, a, a player sliding down the board. But it's not him, baby. That's not him. He just looks like he looks like he's a ten-year vet. Yeah, he's gonna be tight on three. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Let's let's uh, that's enough positive. Let's get negative in here. I think everyone tried their best this week. I'm not putting anyone sliding down the board. Sorry, except for Will Levis. Except for Will Levis. Um. <laughs> um I think the senior quarterbacks as a whole. I, yeah. I mentioned that a little bit earlier with Jaron Hall, but. Uh, Let's. I I didn't put Will Levis here, but I did put him for overhyped. I, I've had him there. I think like at least once, obviously. So I didn't want to put him there, but he is. That's why I put him here because he is so overhyped. So I, now, correct me if you disagree, but um, I thought Kentucky played super conservatively with yeah. him against Ole Miss. Yeah. 
And, like, I don't know about you, but Ole Miss ain't known for their defense. But, like, I know they – Will Levis plays in a, a true pro-style offense with, with uh, Rich Scangarello as the OC. But it felt like so many times throughout this game – they they leaned more on Rodriguez and Smoke than they did on yeah. Levis. Yep. They, it was more layup throws for Levis. He had he had like the the arm talent is obvious, but when they're playing conservatively with him in a big game, and he he also obviously he had the fumbles, and I don't know the pressure was just getting to him. Yep. He to me he looks so much closer to a day. Like a fourth round toolsy quarterback than he does a first round quarterback, and obviously I think ultimately he's in between those two things. But yeah, it's just it's crazy that for a lot of people right now he's just yeah no he's obviously quarterback three. We, I, I don't know and I, the I, top I ten not, pick yeah I don't I don't I don't know just I do you think by the time we get to April it'll correct itself the way it it tends to I don't know I. I, I hope so. I hope so. Or, or we're wrong, but I don't. I don't think so. You know what it is? Like I think you you put it well where they went conservative. Like you look at his numbers: eighteen to twenty-four, two twenty, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Oh, that's a good game. But like you said, they played so conservative, and that, I think that kind of speaks volumes because like my takeaway is like you know how we talk about Bryce Young, how he just has that it factor. Mm-hmm. I feel like Will Levis has the opposite. Like <laughs> the stats look good, but like like you talked about, he struggled with pressure. Took that he's awful, awful sack. Yeah, he's got the knot factor. Took that awful sack slash intentional grounding him. for safety. He's not him. Thank you. Uh, what other what other colloquialisms can you throw out there? But just like in a in a game against a fellow top twenty five team, um, I think you you would easily see CJ Stroud and like obviously stats are not something that you should base your scouting off of. But no. I, I, I'm using this because of what I saw. Uh, I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud would both obviously have thrown for like 350. But Kentucky's not throwing the ball that much. They're throwing it like 20 times and being conservative on money downs. And and when the moment is big, it's the rush is getting to him. Yeah. Uh, and he's fumbling and I don't know. Yeah, like 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 – he had two game-winning drives that he turned the ball over. Like, like on the last drive, it was a good drive. Like, you know, he worked, he, he worked the middle of the field well, like, pretty much all game, uh, getting the ball out of his hands quick, and then just fumbled. Like, he's got a pocket field problem, and I think he's got right now, like, a just a not not, not big game factor problem. I don't – again, when your people are calling him a top-10 lock, QB3, blah, 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 I, I don't get it. Um, a couple more senior quarterbacks who I thought struggled. Devin Leary, yeah, who just really hasn't looked good this year. No, um, that offensive line's not helping him. But yeah, he doesn't look like the day two quarterback some people touted him as. Um, Michael Penix struggled against UCLA after a uh, lot of hype leading up. To he, the game. he he was my overhyped. Yeah, the the turnovers were pretty bad, and in yeah. those those stats got juiced a bit by. Garbage them time. being yeah them being down by like twenty throughout the game. Um, yeah, the game felt over halfway through the second quarter when he threw that second yeah, pick. When when the Bobo just unleashed himself, <laughs> you know you know the film the Babadook. I call it the Bobadook. Oh, uh, do I ever? Uh, <laughs> um, one more uh, senior quarterback, uh, Clayton Tune, and and this was the yeah. game for the Pac-12 after our game. Clayton Tune struggled against Tulane. And Houston has just been a shit show this year. Yeah, um, he's a, he he was another guy who some people were really banging the table for him as maybe the day two senior quarterback. But I don't know. He the rush again was just getting to him. It was a lot of I don't know a lot of missed throws on anything over mm-hmm. ten yards. And and I, hey, I have a green wave sticker on my laptop, but I don't think Tulane's the cream of the crop. <laughs> if if I may do my panic spiel now, like. Like you said, like the like you know, like three forty five, like a four touchdown. That looks good, and like obviously, like he's been a huge transfer this year, and like doing thing big things for his stock. But the amount of hype, like that you touched on, is is kind of unreal. But I feel like that's coming from like people who aren't really watching. It. It's just looking at the numbers. Uh, and- also, I mean, that's that's just the game with the quarterbacks, right? Like, yeah, it is. 
hell if DTR goes in and upsets uh, upsets Utah this weekend, like we'll so be true. people will be crowning DTR. You know, that's so true. Just, that's so true. And I mean, like, there's no doubt Penix has made a big leap under DeBauer, but like the accuracy is still really consistent. Like he's he's you know he had that one like really nice throw in the beginning uh, that should have been a touchdown drop. Like he he's been better. Um, it had that fourth down conversion for the touchdown. Um, but then like you know trusting his arm too much and like forcing like the the picks were really really bad and like. The second one, like the the DB, like just fell off the route he thought, and then like the, the, the turn back, and then it was the ball was just there. I don't know, like yeah, it's just yeah, overhyped. I think is the is the one for it. Um, actually, can I can I stay in Washington? I have two more Washington guys. Yeah, sure. Uh, I put Jackson Kirkland, who who started at left guard for the first. What? That oh, man's not gonna get drafted. Come on, you talk, dude. There's people love Jackson Kirkland. I feel like you like legally can't draft him given the injury history. I know, but like there's still like like a lot. I don't know. Like he he, he finally started left guard and I don't know, he looked out of place. Like like one sack where just purely like not just seeing the guy come through his gap. Like you see like, you know, the he's a big boy and he can move people and you see that at guard, but I uh, I I don't know. And also like is he, on the flip side, I thought ZTF just really didn't see any impact from him. Either. He's Speaking, only had like one okay game this year, I think. Speaking of injury history, yeah. Um, I'm going to take this, uh, to the big 12 where I thought Marvin Mims had a really tough that was, performance. That was my last guy. Yeah, I totally agree. He had the fumble, mm-hmm. which was not great. He had a big drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also felt like, no, this isn't on him, but a, a couple different times he, he kind of would get behind the TCU defense and him and the quarterback wouldn't be on yep. the same page. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like obviously it hurts with, with Gabriel going out too, but like. No, I, I know that's not completely on him, but just like you with like you said with the fumble, with the with the big drop, it just felt like compounded that like this guy isn't finishing, you know, like yeah, he they they needed him to be the playmaker stepped up, yeah. and it just felt very yeah yeah. Those yeah, um, no, I totally agree. Those are all my guys. Uh, I'll I'll give you a, a kind of a bit of a group for my last one. The Georgia offensive line really struggled against Missouri. That's why Missouri was in this game. Uh, the tackles, Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon. Uh, got their their asses kicked by my two out of nowhere prospects, who I'll mention in a sec. And, and Cedric Van Pran didn't have a great game mm. either. Um, Stetson Bennett was under fire all game, and Stetson Bennett's not the type of quarterback who wins you games when he's under fire. No. Uh, the That's why Missouri was in this game. It was strictly – and they were blitzing the hell out of them too. Um, they, they, they did a really good job with the pass rush. And that's why my two out of nowhere prospects are Trajan Jeffcoat, Trajan Jeffcoat, uh, and Isaiah McGuire, the two Missouri edges who uh, combined for two TFLs and a sack, but they must have had like eight hurries in this game. Uh, both like big NFL bodies, a lot of power. Um, they both looked really good. Um, quickly going back to the George Offs line, I feel like Broderick Jones has been pretty overhyped. Like I've seen him in the first round of a lot of mocks, and he just... I don't know if I've, I, I, I've seen part, that. That's part of the party with... Like, if you're at Georgia or Alabama yeah. and you play a premier position, your first round, baby. And he's getting the the, the, the Jamari Salier bump, too, right now. So, more, more on that tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. Um, I didn't really have a clear-cut guy, so I'm going back to TCU. I just thought, like, Savion Williams, I know he didn't have, like, a huge game or anything, but, like, I don't know. I felt like he, he had so much more of an impact. I mean, only 31 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but, like, just big body, too, like, opposite of, of Johnson. Um Six five two fifteen. Like, don't think he's gonna come out because I think he's only Richard's sophomore technically. Uh, but just just look good. It was was pretty impactful for the for the for the Horn Frogs. I thought. All right, my my probably my number one stock down guy sliding down the board guy. I put him for a prospect who made me look stupid because I think I was higher on him over the summer than you. Uh, I I thought Jack Campbell just looked not good against Michigan. I, um, I, I I highlighted Campbell in prospect versus prospect matchup. He Blake Corum at the end too, just the, dagger through the heart. Yeah, that was that was that, yeah. <laughs> that was like the 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 cherry on top of him getting dusted throughout that game. But um, you mentioned Schumacher Schumacher late or earlier, and uh, yeah, he was just beating the hell out of Jack Campbell throughout mm-hmm. this game. He, it felt like every snap uh, when he was blocking him, he'd take him for a bit of a ride. Campbell with that length was really struggling to sack yeah. and shed guys. He didn't have he was making tackles like seven yards downfield, so he finished with like eleven tackles, but it, they weren't impactful tackles. Um, outside nope. of his half TFL where he flew across the field, 
uh, I think it was on a screen that was uh, it was a really good job by the corner as the force player to, to kind of um, stymie the play. But uh, it's good. Of that, I thought thanks. When you go viral, you have to start using the words. <laughs> um, I, I thought outside of that play, like he was almost like a net negative for Iowa. Yeah, I, like my prospect versus prospects was Corum versus Campbell slash that Michigan front versus the Iowa front. Um, agreed. Uh, you you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Had that awesome juke Corum did on on just you know took him out of his shoes on the tough. touchdown run. Um, no, I, I agree. Like the, the Iowa defense needed to step up and. You know, McCarthy played like you know just a, a safe game, but yeah, Campbell Campbell didn't look good. Didn't look good. Um, my my look stupid is I just want to give DJU some love because he he's been playing so much better and like he has you know he's been far from perfect, but like he just keeps helping himself. Like like you know the talent is there, but and he looks so much more accurate this year and like he's playing within himself. I feel like like watching the last year's tape is like man, this guy doesn't know how to play football. Yeah, he's playing football again. Like, like he, he's taking what is there, but he he isn't timid either. He's pushing the ball, and he's got a lot of help from his receivers. But, like, you know, he's still making those throws. And then on top of that, like, he's been really, really effective with his legs and, like, pretty well-timed with the runs. The design runs have been pretty effective. Like, like it's just like, – I don't know. Like, Clemson is – I mean, obviously the defense is better than last year, but, like, just with him at the helm, like, not looking like a guy that just stepped on the football field for the first time is – it makes him makes him a, a lot more like, you know, competent, dangerous this year. Yeah, he looks like a solid college quarterback. Yeah. Um, my prospect versus prospect matchup: the Clemson offense against the NC State linebackers. So speaking of DJU. Yeah. Uh, I like I thought the NC State linebackers played a good good game. Peyton Wilson, Isaiah Moore, Drake Thomas, uh, against that Clemson offense, and it was just kind of like a no one on that Clemson offense exploded. Yeah. And. The NC State linebackers, I thought, did a good job kind of uh, controlling the game to keep the, 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 the Wolfpack in the game. Obviously, it didn't play out that way totally. But especially in the first half, I think they – like Clemson scored like six points in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, and Moore is just such a downhill thumper. Wilson's long and athletic, and Drake Thomas is a psycho. Uh, I, I just really enjoy watching that battle. Yeah. No, it was, it was- – pretty good and yeah but like Clemson doesn't really have these big explode like Shipley's good but like yeah I don't know no that's a good that was a good one Shipley Ship, tell, no, do you agree with me on this like Shipley isn't the five-star guy I thought he would be like he's, nah. not, like he, he's a good like a very good college running back yeah um, fight uh, uh, fights for every freaking yard but he's not nearly as explosive as I thought he was going no to. no I, I totally agree he's, he's good though like you just said but it's just, yeah, yeah yeah for sure um, prospect who played the box score. I went with Quentin Johnson here. Um, funny enough, we I put Mims for sliding down. We both did. He had the exact same stat line: four catch, four yards. But like, it felt like the opposite end, where like he had two pass interference that would have been huge, huge plays, and they were so so obvious. It felt like Oklahoma's game plan was like, let's not let Johnson beat us, and and that worked. They didn't, except they let literally everyone else on TCU beat them. It was like historically bad. Uh, Defensive performance. It was embarrassing uh, for a defensive head coach, um, but but it wasn't Johnson. But like it felt like it it should have been and it could have been, and they just like were like fuck this. We're holding him the whole game and don't worry about anyone else. So I mean, it, it really I really wanted it to be you know the Johnson, especially like if you saw that score, you assume Johnson went fucking off. Um, but I still think like it was it wasn't him. It was just like they were like holding him and it could have been a much much bigger game. I don't I don't know what you felt. Sorry? Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like, it, especially the slow start, too, is TCU didn't know exactly what they were on offense. Yeah. They clearly have started to figure it out. And you're They're right the Max that, Duggan uh, show. O- Oklahoma's game plan was to not let Quentin Johnson dunk on them. You could tell, because like, they were literally just like, if the ball was coming to him, they would just tackle him. Like, yeah. Um, my outs played the box score was, uh, I, I thought Byron Young, speaking of Alabama's run defense, Byron Young, who is the ultimate outplay-the-box score type of player. He just is the workman up front for the Crimson Tide, plays all over the defensive line, and he did such a good job uh, both setting the edge when lining up as like a five-tack and and uh, holding down the point inside. Arkansas, like Rocket Sanders, again, he averaged like 4.6 a carry, and, and Byron Young was a big part of that. Um, 
I know we didn't. I didn't put them anywhere, but like, what you, I know it's a flip side. But what do you think of the Drew Sanders revenge game? Uh, so, I thought at times like he he, he was very flashy, like you could yeah. see the athleticism and yeah. stuff. But he still looks raw as an off ball guy. Like I thought he he was out of place a couple different times on the Gibbs runs. Um, but he's also very talented pass rusher. Yeah, off ball linebacker having the one sagging and the. The one so that like, hurt Bryce Young, too, yeah. Like, I don't think he was, like, shooting up, but he wasn't sliding down. You know? Yeah, I agreed. I agree with you. Like, solid, solid all-around game um, for him. He, yeah. He's clearly an NFL athlete. Yeah. Uh, my my overhyped was Levis. Yours was Penix, right? Yeah. Who's your transfer of the week? Uh, Alabama left tackle Tyler Steen. Transferred from Vandy to Bama. He, I, every time I watch him, I loved him over the summer. I thought mm-hmm. he was just moving people in the run game. On those outside zone runs, just washing guys out of it. Uh, looked pretty good in pass pro as well. I think he's a guy who, it's a, like, we know the big names at the top of this tackle class. Um, they're all from the Big Ten. Uh, and I think he's kind of like a guy who's going to emerge as a, a potential day two guy. Uh, speaking of the Big Ten, uh, Yabioki had another flashy game. Um, like it wasn't like a, he only had half a sack, but it really, it was, it was, I think it was a full sack. Um, just like it was an awesome play where like the get off, you saw the get off, you see the five star pedigree, and like just got around the the edge and like just got Petrus by like one shoulder and yanked him down with one hand, showing like just the, the strength. Um, and then like had another one where he just absolutely lit up Petrus in, in the fourth quarter. Like just loop back inside on a stun, and like just the closing burst was really, really impressive. Um, and another pass rusher Friday night. I thought like I didn't think it was like a like a big flashy statistical game, but I thought like Laitu Latu the 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 in the yeah. revenge game as well, transferring from UW to UCLA was just giving a UW a bunch of fits on that front. I like, only got home for one, but I, I felt like he could have had a handful of sacks. Yeah, he he's a fun player. Yes, he is. Uh, finally, my small school guy is Tajay Spears, who caught the game-winning touchdown. Minus two, yeah. For Tulane against Houston. Uh, did a lot of damage to the air. Six for 85, had 54 on the ground. Uh, a guy who fits the mold of that modern NFL satellite back. Yeah, he's so effective as a pass catcher. Like, yeah, and like, it's not like he's just like coming out of the backfield. You can do a lot of with nope. him, too. He, on the game-winning touchdown, they lined him up at wide receiver. Yeah, he's fun. Spears is he's fun. Re- he's really fun. Um, okay. AJ, uh, finally, our, our college football week six picks. Rob's my five, and AJ's one short of a six pack. Uh, I went five and zero oh last week. Yeah, I know you did. It's and I would have if I uh, if I would have picked with my heart with Michigan, and I just ignored that game. I went four one though. It's just to be Baylor cost me. Um, that hey, I, I told you I couldn't bet on that game because I, I, I don't I don't trust Blake Shapen. You were right not to. Spencer Sanders was on one, baby. How do you feel about this uh, this week of games? I, I don't – I'm not sure. I mean, like, it's – there's some games, like, there's lots to watch. But, like, you there's, know, Red, Red River top... being, like, yeah, blah. I, I picked it, though, because I felt like I couldn't not, you know. But, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I won't pick it. I, I got some other options. So. <laughs> if you didn't pick um, it, I'm not going to pick it. Yeah, I like – A couple top 25 games and then, like, two games that – we're supposed to be top twenty-five, and then it turned it to the team sucked. Um, yeah, I don't know. Where's your Where's your first game? My first game. I'll start at noon ESPN. Number eight Tennessee going to the Death Valley. LSU's ranked number yeah. twenty-five. I'm I'm gonna take the Vols. Uh, Hendon Hooker's fighting for that Heisman. Um, that Josh Hupel offense is so hard to slow down. The LSU defense could not stop Jordan Travis in that opener. LSU's had a couple cupcake wins. Like, they still don't know how to use Keishon Boutte. Um, nope. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bet on Hedden Hooker. This feels like way too easy of a line for Tennessee, right? Like, that, I feel like there's something up, but. If, I know. That's how I felt, too. And then I was like, nah, wait. Brian Kelly's the head coach. And then, yeah. and then I, like, if this was a night game in Death Valley, it yes. might change how I feel, but it's not. It's about to say the same thing. Like, yeah, it's Death Valley, but it's at noon. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I'm taking Tennessee. I think that's like f- the freest money on the board, but that's why I think it's maybe like the biggest trick. They they ranked LSU just because one they're an SEC school and two uh, to have a top twenty five matchup at noon. I totally agree. Um, my next game is noon on FS1. Yeah, baby. Even though it's the game of the day, annoying. 
number 17 TCU at number 19 Kansas. Uh, ESPN game day is gonna be in um, in Lawrence. Kansas is fucking five and zero. Lance Leipold is that guy. Uh, my guy Sonny Dykes also is TCU on a on a streak. This is a mm-hmm. fun game. Um, TCU obviously you just talked about Quentin Johnston, Kendry Miller the running back had a really yeah. nice game too. They have they they have uh, Steve Avila on the offensive line. Like they have a couple of offensive prospects uh, and a couple defensive guys like Dylan Horton's a good player. Trevious Hodges Thompson D Winners is our guy. Mark Perry like the, there's a lot of NFL talent on that TCU team. But Kansas isn't too shabby either. It's going to be our first, like, in-depth look at Jalen Daniels, Mm -hmm. who's emerged as one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the country. They got a really good sophomore running back in Devin Neal. Um, One of my favorite players of the summer was Lonnie Phelps, who transferred from Miami of Ohio to Kansas. (laughs) So I'm really excited to see him against TCU. And then, obviously, Kenny Logan's the the punisher on the back end. And, oh, I'm going to take Kansas plus seven. I feel like it's – like you can't not take Kansas, right? If you if yeah. you're taking TCU, you hate you hate college football, right? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, this is I've I've put zero thought into what will actually happen. It's purely I'm riding the the rock chalk Jayhawk wave. I mean we've we've seen the Jayhawk you know fans basketball wise go fucking wild. I think that that's going to be the energy in the, on the football side. You know, like they've sold out back to back games. I'm pretty sure getting getting game day in town. Like the, the, I think that's going to be a, a hell of an environment. Um, and, and like you said, it's not like this Kansas team is just emotions. They're, they're legit. And Lance Leipold is a legit coach. And, uh, you know, it, it's so funny. TCU's coming off that just dismantling of Oklahoma going into this game too. It's, it's set up so like, so interestingly and so beautifully. And I can't believe it's on FS1. Um, but no, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta rock chalk, baby. Uh, do you have any other nooners or shall we move to the next? No, time? I was going to do Red River, but, uh, it, they, don't deserve, they don't deserve. But des- the quarterback situation is too unknown. It's so true. It's so true. Uh, three thirty, Fox, number eleven, Utah, uh, ha- heading to LA to take on number eighteen, UCLA. The Utes are four and a half point favorites, and I- I'm not going to get tricky. I I don't trust Chip Kelly and UCLA enough. Yeah. I don't. I, wa- I watched them dismantle a Washington team. I also didn't trust. Yeah. I trust. I, I I trust Kyle and him. I trust Utah. They're going to have a game plan in place that works. They ran over. Oregon State this past week, they got dudes on both sides of the ball. Clark Phillips, obviously, you talked about him today. They've uh, offensively, they got a couple uh, NFL running backs. Um, they just it's a slow burn. I know lo- losing Brent Keithy is a little scary, but I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, I think the key is going to be you know stopping Zach Charbonnet. Um, but like DTR putting back to back, you know clean games together against this defense worries me. I don't think he's going to implode by any means. And like you said, Kelly's always a bit of a, a bit of an imploder too, but um, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with the talent of Utah. There's not really a home field advantage for UCLA either. Um, Utah's got to exercise the ghosts of the last year's Rose bowl. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me the Utes minus four and a half. Um, do you have any other three thirties or no, I got two seven thirties. Okay. I'm going to hop up to, 4 p.m. ABC, what was supposed to be a good game. Number three, Ohio State heads to East Lansing, takes on unranked Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, is 26 and a half too many points? And then I thought about how I thought like 21 was too many against Wisconsin, and then Ohio State easily covered. Michigan State's really, I think Michigan State's worse than Wisconsin. They are. Um, and they might have given their coach a contract he didn't deserve. They uh, did. The, the the Spartans have a couple guys. Jacoby Winman against these mm-hmm. Buckeye tackles, I think, is the reason to tune in. But I do think the Buckeyes just dog walk them. So I'm going to take them uh, minus 26.5 on the road. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not thinking twice about it. No, that secondary is so bad for the Sparty. And, and like, they just don't have enough on offense to even sniff keeping up, <laughs> even with the spread. Uh, agreed. Um, 7.30, the clash of the religions. BYU at Notre Dame. I am taking this game only because the Irish were minus four last I checked, and I feel like that's so disrespectful to, to, to BYU. Um, BYU is good. Notre Dame, yeah, they were slow starting, and they've turned it up a little bit. Uh, they still not. They still aren't as good as BYU, especially giving up points. You know, G- give me the Cougs minus four. This is so disrespectful to plus four. Sorry, Catholicism. as as everything should be. 
you're you're Catholic. This I don't like this. <laughs> this doesn't sit well with me. I'm a Southern Methodist, so I'm feeling good right now at half against UCF. Um, I don't have my next game's eight. So what's your other seven thirty? Oh, I, I'm going Wazoo US, USC. I thought about this one. I thought I don't know. I don't really like it. Last I saw, USC was minus thirteen. Uh, in the Coliseum on Fox. Fox got a great slate this week. We love Fox. Um, <laughs> I, I, USC has stumbled a little bit the last two weeks. Like they've they've come out clean, but just hasn't been overly you know this like holy fuck Caleb Williams like a Bradley show of the first two weeks. Um, Dickert's got him got got those got those cats rolling those cougs baby. I I'm gonna take them plus the thirteen. I'm gonna take the points. They don't pull it off, but they they hang on. And they hey, hey, they didn't pull it off, but they covered against Oregon. <laughs> the, too, so it yeah. was insane. They should have pulled it off. But yes. hey, Wazoo's your team this year, I think. What do you think? I love Cam Ward. I, I think they are, man. I think they are. All right, I got to find my team. <laughs> just, I'm just going to keep rolling with them, you know? Like in, I think my team's Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Thanks. I think, how about, how about Tennessee? I do like Tennessee. I like him and Hooker. Um, I don't trust Josh Hubel, though. I refuse to I know. Good coach. I know. Yeah. Uh, my final game, 8 p.m. CBS, Texas A&M, another big spread. Texas A&M at number one, Alabama. The, the Jimbo talk shit in the summer. We were all excited. This was going to be a top ten clash where, oh, Jimbo talked all that shit. Nick Saban's mad. Jimbo's mad. Everyone's mad. Uh, yeah, it turns out Texas A&M freaking stinks. It's Devin Ashane trying to carry a whole team on his yeah. back. and in a very young team at that, um, Bryce Young, it sounds like should be okay. They don't even don't, need him. They don't need yeah, him. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. I don't think they could slow down Jalen Milrow and Jameer Gibbs anyway. Um, and and defen- like defensively, I I think Will Anderson and Dallas Turner are just gonna go to town. What's the spread? Twenty four. Twenty four, flat. E- easy money. I mean, I liked Ohio State and Bama. It's just like these games don't actually matter. So I'm not going to pick them. But, I mean, I did that's that with fair. BYU and Notre Dame. I'm going to watch them, so I was like, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's true. More interest. I, I want to know what the spread would be if uh, if Tex AM was going to East Lansing. That's the game I want to see. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. A&M's going to be favorite, I pick think, em? on the road. Three and a half, I think. I think the Aggies. They're still, like... Take? I think I'd take them strictly because Devin Sheen, like, every game goes off. Yeah, I think so, too. And that Michigan, I don't know. Um, people think there's still a lot too much respect for AM. This team is stinky. The defense can hang a little bit, but the team is stinky overall. But it's a young front seven. It is. Yeah, Bama, Bama's going to walk them. It's, that's, that's free money. I think Ohio State's free money, too, in, in those massive spreads. Well, bless, bless your heart, and I'll uh, see you tomorrow to talk uh, Jamari Salyer and uh, Damian Pearson and, and nobody else. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.